0: And welcome to the Confound Millennial, starring Stephen Sturvin Michaels, and featuring special guest, vocalist of AVAT, Rolly Velasquez.
1: If you give me a second to breathe, I might be able again to see what might have been. Dead or alive, won't you
0: say it's the same? Now you take it away. Leave me drowning again. I'm dead yet alive. Don't you say it's the same? Now you take it away. Hey Rolly, what's up? Yeah, how's it
1: going, Stephen? Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Thanks for coming on, man. It uh looks beautiful out wherever you're at right now. It's uh, rainy and dreary here, but
1: That's right man, sunny south florida.
0: Oh man, that's uh that sounds like rain right now. It
1: only rains here in the afternoons. <laughs> it only rains in the afternoons.
0: So, I'm going to hit you with the hardest question I'm going to hit you with all day. You ready? Let's do it. In your words, who are you? Who is Roley?
1: So, who who am I? I am Roley Velasquez. Uh, you guys can find me online at Roly V, R-O-L-Y-V-E-E. Uh, I am the lead singer and front man for AVAT. Uh, we are a metal band from Miami, Florida. And we just released and dropped a new single called Faith in Flames. Uh, kind of in the likes of Protest, Killswitch, Trivium kind of deal. And uh, we're out here, man. We're out here to slay it.
0: Dude, I'm... I've had, ever since I first heard of you, I've had uh, Faith and Flame stuck in my head constantly on a loop.
1: That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that.
0: Like, I like what you guys are putting out. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, kind of in the same vein as Kill Switch. When I first heard you sing, I immediately thought, like, in it, and in between of that and uh, Avenged Sevenfold and just like that raspiness that you have to your voice at the same time of it sounding clean, like how do you manage that without destroying your voice all the time?
1: Definitely a lot of practice, man. Uh, I yeah, I grew up in, in chorus, uh, started in middle school and i quickly figured out that i i I love singing man uh i love doing that i got into uh drama and did a lot of show tunes a lot of good friends and hell yeah after that i wanted to start a band you know early on doing a couple like lincoln park type of deals but soon after that that screamo era man oh four ended up joining a band called uh handgun romance and uh, we knocked it out of the park, man. We were packing up clubs with a thousand kids. And uh, it was a fun time. Fun time. I knew that I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. So I have been completely devoting myself to music since then.
0: Well, that's great, man. It's uh, it's awesome when you find something that you want to do young. So, so often people don't figure out what it is until you know they're in their late 20s early 30s and you feel like you've lost it at that point but even then you can keep going but it's great knowing you know being able to track out at a younger age what you want to do.
1: Absolutely and I mean music hasn't always been what I wanted to do professionally but Actually, uh, when I was uh, starting out and thinking about what I wanted to do early on, uh, I wanted to become an architect. And uh, that quickly, I mean, I love design in general, right? Um, But uh, in that creativity that you have behind that, I started to look at a lot of things like album art and websites and that kind of stuff. So I really got into graphic design. And... When I started to do that, I was like, damn, man, this is really cool. And then I used that as kind of like a means to self-promote as an artist. Uh, and I started to do our own artwork for T-shirts, cover art, posters, you name it. I've done it. Um, websites, um, logos. I was the one that created the uh, AVAT logo.
0: Very impressive. And, uh,
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I I've been, you know, working on that for quite some time, but there's nothing that hits it quite like music, man. And that is uh that is the goal, man. That is the goal, right? You want to do music mm-hmm. for the rest of your life professionally. And uh I'm all for it, man. I am down to the challenge.
0: I feel you, man, cuz it's like uh podcasting your one man show coming up with all this stuff and I can't imagine doing graphic design as well as people that professionally do it i can't imagine doing music as well as people professionally do it and the whole end goal for me is acting one day so i understand what it's like to have a dream and to learn some different stuff along the way that aids that
1: that's awesome man
0: um so
1: what what kind of acting do you want to do
0: I'd prefer film, but at this point, I just, you know, there's, there's not, there's nothing going on right now. So podcasting's where I get my fill for the entertainment. But, uh, you know, back to you, because, you know, this is our time to get to know you. I could talk all day about myself and I, uh, I have problems doing Problem. that. Oh, there's that beard.
1: There we go, man.
0: Got any beard growing tips? Cause I I got uh, the mustache. I ain't got the length.
1: I would say don't cut it.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh
1: You know, I I would just say, like, I mean, if you absolutely are dying to do anything to it, go to a barber. You know, they know what to do. They'll trim up the sides. what now they'll cut the top and, and you're good. But grow the rest, you know. I mean, there's a lot of, I guess, tips and tricks and whatnot, oils and shit like that to put in your beard. But really, all it is is just let that fucker grow. You know, and it will grow thick, and you got to brush that shit. I mean, you just can't, like, not touch it, you know what I mean? Right. So wash it, take care of it. Uh, if you do that, you're not going to get any breakage or whatnot. I mean, it's just it's just simple, simple mechanics, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't mean any offense at all by this, and I don't think there's any way you could, so I don't know why I say that. But uh, has anybody told you you look like the manlier version of Shia LaBeouf?
1: A manlier version of Shia LaBeouf.
0: Like you no, look like the guy that benches Shia LaBeouf.
1: <laughs> um, dude. Uh, thanks. I guess <laughs> it's. I, I. wouldn't. I wouldn't say that that is uh, by any uh, means a uh, a diss or anything like that. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is, I guess, you know, attractive to a lot of people. So I'm going to take it.
0: <laughs> so. Back to the band, AVAT, uh, first thing I want to ask about it is, what the hell does AVAT mean?
1: So, AVAT is, is an acronym. Uh, we can start there. And I'm going to go to a shadier section, man, uh, just kind of drive away from this heat.
0: Okay. But, uh, I was wondering if we were talking shadier, like less sun, or are we about to do some drug deals, like what's going on? <laughs>
1: um so uh a that means uh a victim of target and we got that from the misery signal song from the the uh, 2008 release uh it was just something that kind of struck a chord uh with the earlier uh, members of the group and it just kind of stuck you know we thought it was a pretty badass name uh we made the acronym of course because legality uh, aside, you know, we just, we did, we wanted to be uh, somewhat original, so (laughs) so we said AVAT, AVAT is the way to go, and it kind of, it sounds pretty cool, like, I've always made the joke, like, I don't know, a vat of poison, (laughs) you know, something like that, you know, Um, but yeah, that's where that comes from.
0: It's like, all meaning aside, it's what they're going to be cheering one day, so it's going to sound cool regardless, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Very true, very true.
0: So, uh, you're the vocalist. Are you also the lyricist?
1: Yes, yes I am. I uh, I primarily compose all the lyrics. Um, there are a couple songs that uh, I've had the pleasure of working with uh, Phil Labonte from All That Remains. And uh, that has been a pleasure in writing those songs. Um, Phil's just a great individual overall and very talented. Uh, so just to get his feedback on, on what I do has been uh, a tremendous pleasure, uh, honestly. You get to learn a lot from somebody who's been around in the industry for a little a uh, little bit. And um, you just kind of develop your own style. Um I've been writing so much music for such a long time. I've been, I I've written pop music. I've written, um, grunge. I've I've written a lot of different stuff. Um, so to be in this kind of arena, uh, and then it's a, I want to say it's thematically different, uh, than writing for pop songs and pop music in general. Uh, I find that there's a lot more responsibility in what you say. And, um, and so now I've gotten into the habit of whatever I'm writing. Cause I, I tend to write metaphorically at first when I'm, I'm just jotting ideas down because for me, it's more natural to get the melody and just fit words to it. Um, and then I'll think about what I really wanted to say. So I'll get basically my rough draft in. And sometimes you know, there's a natural flow of things, and just things un- end up sticking around. Like a lot of my courses are, are untouched, so that that's pretty cool. Uh, but the verse is definitely, I think that there needs to be a lot more substance when I write.
0: Right, and I like that. I like somebody that puts a lot of thought into it, and uh, it's it's wild that you uh, you know, like as. Uh, my experience writing lyrics, you know, uh, I can only write sad boy shit. You know, it's, it's wild that you can write pop to metal to grunge and differentiate all those because they're different voices as a writer.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I guess it would stem from my background. I mean, I was born in New Orleans. I have Cuban parents. And I have been thrown in every melting pot that you can imagine. I mean, at the age of nine, I moved into Miami. Um, So there was a cultural shift there. And then Miami at the time was really big on, like, rap and stuff like that, and uh, the trip-hop and that kind of era. Um, and the, you know, the Roxanne, that kind of stuff. And that 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 was uh, a pretty cool time to be around. Uh, and then rock-wise, you also had the grunge era and all that kind of stuff. And rock here was huge. We used to have a radio station called 94.9 Zeta, and that was what I listened to when I was growing up. Um, now it's a lot different. Like, uh, we have, um, I think it's a big one Oh five point nine is what it is. It used to be called big one Oh six. They used to play all the classic stuff like the Zeppelin and and Black Sabbath and whatnot, Ozzy. But, um, now they're playing a lot of the more modern stuff. So, um, because they've had to switch formats. And so now they were kind of like mixing the two. So they'll do a lot of whatever is modern, but. They also do a lot of the 90s, and they'll consider that the now classics. <laughs> it's just kind of funny seeing that now. Um, here we are 30 years after the fact, and it's uh, it's it's fun to see that.
0: It's crazy. Um, you know, people, uh, you know, I'm on TikTok just watching random stuff, and I'll see people post something with, like, you know, a tamagotchi from the 90s or something and the hashtag retro be on there i'm like retro <laughs> that was my childhood my childhood's retro now
1: shit man are <laughs> you telling me
0: In vintage
1: uh i you know it's funny cuz i was just recently talking about the toys that i had when i was a kid and i was really big into ghostbusters and uh and I had this uh, toy set that was uh, these uh, dinosaurs. They had like, kind of like cyborg dinosaurs. And they kind of work with your G.I. Joes and whatnot. I know and, what you're uh, talking about. And I would play with that shit all the time.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Like, I remember seeing uh, like commercials for that shit on TV. Like, watching stuff on VHS when the trailers came after the show that you watched. And there'd be, like... Tr- uh, trailers about those dinosaurs with like cyborg parts it's crazy shit man and all that all that's oh, ancient those though. are
1: the days man so like I, I felt that there were no rules in the 80s as far as like toys so like they just throw anything together that's how we got trolls you know what I mean <laughs> so it's <was> just like <laughs> so like it's just it's fun to see that and then see what they come up now it's like everything has to be so PC but then you also have, like, the weird stuff. Like, they have, like, uh, man, my, my kids have these dolls, uh, poopsies or, or whatnot. And that, I find that to be the most hilarious thing. I'm just like, this this feels like what it would have been in the 80s. It's just coming out now. It's just getting weirder and weirder as we grow into this culture.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a strange thing, man. Like, you mentioned... Uh, ghostbusters a second ago and like everything is coming full circle now too everything's coming back around you mentioned Mm -hmm. trolls like uh my cousin's kid is all into these uh this troll tv show and movie and uh oh yeah based on that and you know i think the worst part of covid other than COVID itself like the worst part of like all of the things that got delayed and put off was man i was wanting that ghostbusters movie to come out
1: oh man that that, just i like the writing team behind it too uh that was that was phenomenal just to have that uh that kind of like cast in the writing squad so that was fun uh to even see that and to hear that it was postponed definitely tugs at the heartstrings. But I'm, I'm sure that they're going to come out with it um, sooner than later. Eventually. Uh, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot of hurt in that industry right now. They don't yeah. have, like, their regular revenue stream. So what they're used to getting, uh, and I think everybody in that industry is going to feel it really hard, is you have to... Think of it this way: like they are so used to spending x amount of dollars, and I'm going to get very technical here, but they get so used to spending x amount of dollars so that they can kind of like you know have something to write off. <laughs> so when you suddenly can't spend that kind of money because you're not fucking pulling that kind of you know money in, then you get in trouble. You know, people start losing their houses and their cars and shit, and then you know, then you wonder why why some of your favorite stars are not making movies anymore or, or what happened or why they're selling their house and why they're doing this. And that's, that's, that's how those tabloids get started. But I mean, I definitely would see that happening here. uh within uh, probably throughout this year and maybe the next.
0: And I hadn't um, even thought of that. I just, you know, from, I'm from Georgia. So I know a lot of people that are in the extra acting community in Atlanta. And I just know how much they've been hurting because I know people down there that they just that's how they lived was they just day by day. Every day they sent in applications for uh, uh, being an extra in TV show, never knowing what they would do the next day, but somehow filling up like six days of work with it to not filming anything in a year.
1: Yeah, man, I, I I can't imagine what that's like. Um, and I am but, so grateful yeah. to even have a job right now. I, I forever grateful. <laughs> yeah. So I can't imagine what what folks like that are are doing. Uh, just these stay afloat. You know what I mean?
0: And it was weird moving from Georgia to Kentucky because Georgia, they act like it never happened. Besides Atlanta, the rest of Georgia. You couldn't tell that a pandemic had happened. There's no mask mandates, no shutdowns, nothing. When I moved up here, I'm still looking for a job. Like nobody's hiring. It's all weird Shit. up here. But uh you know how has uh how has it affected the band? Were y'all any plans on touring or anything like that before it happened or?
1: Yeah, man, we were getting ready for a big push in 2020. We were so ready. We had tons of material lined up. And we had release after release scheduled. And suddenly, shutdown happens. possibility of tours t- is taken away. And you have to shift your game. Um, it really is sink or swim. And, you know, I think there have been those in the community like uh, Matt Heafy, Trivium, that have been building their following for quite some time on, you know, other platforms like Twitch. And they are able to capitalize on such ventures and, um, and kind of push their band into the stratosphere online. Some other bands were... Caught with their tails between their legs and and had to formulate something out of their ass, you know. Just that's the same boat that we were in, and we're like, okay, so what are we going to choose to do? Are we just gonna sit around and mope that we can't tour? Fuck no, you know. We're gonna get back in the studio. We're gonna write more music. We're gonna figure this shit out. We're gonna we're gonna plan other stuff. Uh, we have been planning for quite a while. We're gonna do an online. Uh, virtual show so that that's coming up here in the next few months and that's going to be really exciting Uh, our labels in full support of that and and we've been able to build out a place for that purpose so that is kind of what we've been dedicating and devoting ourselves to is just building that you know it it doesn't happen overnight Um, and it's, uh, for me, like, social media is, like, really tough, (laughs) because I for, I kind of feel like I want to give a certain element to our fans, and then I want to give them some content about certain things, but then I kind of second-guess myself, and then I look at people like, you know, Ivan Moody uh, from Five Figure Death Buns just fucking going live all the time, you know, and I'm just like, fuck, man, why can't I do some some shit like that, and Uh, so I'll think about these things, um, quite a while. And I'm like trying to devise my own strategy for posting and what kind of content I want to post. Uh, so that's really what I've been dedicating myself to is just kind of like building or branding myself. I would say branding myself and how I'm going to be, um, showing our, our fans uh, what it is to be a member of Avat, what it is to be a fan of the music, and and what we offer as musicians.
0: And that can be s- such a tough thing. I've seen, you know, you were talking about that, and I thought of two TikTokers off the top of my head uh, that I follow. One guy, Taylor Barber, from A Band Left to Suffer. Uh, he he has just gone off, uh, he'll just do like five videos of him doing random screams a day and tell people to stitch it, whether they can scream or not. And he's built a following off of that. And then another guy, can't remember his name right now, but his handle is at my pop punk dad. He started out trying to promote his music. And they made a post saying, like, all you people talking about not having dad, you know what? I'm your dad now. I'm proud of you. And next thing you know, oh, like yeah. he's having to put all these videos out like, hey, I'm, go check out my music. But while you're there, remember, I'm proud of you, kids.
1: <laughs> I fucking love that. I've seen that guy. And uh, what a what a great way to, to build a following, you know what I mean? And, and just kind of be that. I mean, for a lot of people that might make a difference, you know, so that's, that's really cool.
0: But it's, uh, it's finding, you know, whether you have your feet down in a that or not, it's finding a totally different voice sometimes switching over to social media and TikTok and Twitch. And, uh, I wish you the best of luck with that. And I hope uh, you put out some killer content, man, because, uh, you know, any way you can draw people into listening to AVAT, the better, because uh, you got some good for, good fucking music, man.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: But what is, what is AVAT looked like from 2015 to now, when you all started now. out?
1: Well um, there was a lot of uh, indecisiveness I would say uh, we were focused on shows we were we weren't sure if we wanted to get signed we weren't sure if we wanted to um, to do an album or singles or whatnot so, We started formulating an EP. Uh, Then we transitioned that and we wanted to do a full LP. And we had kind of like this whole concept album idea. So we really devoted ourselves to that. And we started to build this. Lo and behold, through friends of friends, we started to meet the folks at Apocalypse Records and InterCat and we we started to just show them what we were capable of what the ideas we had and and how we wanted to build this monumental thing uh and i guess it was the passion that really caught their eye but we started to shift away from the whole lp the whole ep and just, we started to dissect the songs. And they said, you guys are way better than this. Way better than this. Don't, don't even, don't even dramatize that that this is it. Because uh, we know that you can write better. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to give you XX and X. And then uh, we're going to see how it goes. And so we we started to devote ourselves to writing and rewriting songs and, and we came up with some great new material. Uh, we started to realize that it took a lot more discipline because we all have day jobs. So we would wake up at the ass crack of dawn, head to work, finish work, drive home. Here in South Florida, you're at least looking at an hour to drive home. Uh, and it doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter. Um, so you're looking at that hour, you get home, you're fucking tired, you wanna eat, you know, you're trying to get shit together, and then you got a home to take care of, or an apartment, whatever it is. Once you got all that shit settled and you sit down and you wanna write, you kinda have to just say, Okay, well, this is the most important hour, or this is the most important time of period of my day. So developing that discipline and, and finding creativity amongst those hours has been the greatest challenge throughout the five years that that we've been uh, since 2015, rather. Um, And, you know, we've been focusing on that and then when, when something doesn't stick, we kind of toss ideas back and forth. So we'll do a lot of like uh, riffing. Uh, they'll record some riffs or maybe a bass line or whatever. They'll send it to me and I'll give them some feedback or I'll send them a lyric. And then they'll build off of that. So that's kind of been our process and what we've been delving into. We've had some crazy ideas for shows. We've played shows with Black Tide and played uh, shows with a few others um, in the community uh, we played out in Churchill's, legendary uh, pub down in South Florida, and uh, we played at a lot of other venues throughout our time. But, uh, you know, we we decided that there was at one point that we're like, we're, we are we want to get better than this, so we have to stop playing the local circuit, and we have to start looking elsewhere. So that's when we started to think about the tour. And well, when we started to think about the tour and the possibilities of that, you know, we discussed this with the label, and we said, "Hey, we need support to do this, and we want to do this and that." Um, so we started to build that. We started to put us in communication with a lot of uh, folks in the industry, and that's uh, so how we got to have the wonderful PR team that we have today. Um, and uh, and the label have just been instru- instrumental in in developing all of this with us, alongside have been real. Key pieces, and you know, to those I I completely get it. You know, for people who want to stay independent and whatnot, but if you you have a good label behind you that believes in you, that believes in what you want to accomplish, and you put in the effort to make that happen, they're not going to forget about you. You know what I mean? So, it's um, it's just a lot of hard work, man. That's that's all we've been up to is is hard work and dedication, and just never stopping. That's, that's really the element there. Every day you got to do something to be better than the last day. Um, me and my bassist, we have this, uh, 1% rule. If you can do 1% better today than yesterday, then that's it. That's, that's, what's going to catapult us forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll get this grand old idea and maybe it'll be the, the, viral piece that that takes you elsewhere but you can't rely on that there's so much more behind those viral pieces and hard work and dedication that you need to have in order to stay successful and and uh and build off of whatever virality that you get you know what i mean so you can rely on maybe i'll get that hit single and then i'll be able to ride the wave it's not like that at all You got to keep working every day. It has to be your one thing. You know what I mean? And you, you should fill yourself and your life with people that are going to be supporting you in that. Um, and that's what we've done. We've done exactly that. And the members of the band, I think would agree with me that we're the hardest working motherfuckers around.
0: Dude, that's, that's all great to hear. And the, you mentioned, you know, that, One hour, however much amount of time that you put toward the music is the most important part of the day. And some people will come in, argue, no, work is the most important. This is the most important, keeping care of your house. But the thing is, you know, all of that, you do all these things living for the day, living in the moment. And then at the end of the day, you're telling me you put in this one hour as hard as you can, 1% better every day toward the future. That's and right. that is what's going to get you somewhere. Because a lot of people stay stuck in their mind of the day. You know, what's going on today? What's going on tomorrow, even? But no, you're thinking about what's going on five years from now, where, what do I got to do today to get to where I want to be tomorrow? And that's That's inspirational, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You know, I I try not to think about it as, as something that I've got to do because it's something that I want to do. And Mm -hmm. all the other things, um, as important as they are, as they are, you know, your job, your home, your car payments, whatever that is, that's still going to be there. At the end of the day, if you want it, that's still going to be there. So it's important not to stay stuck in traditions, in um, in routine. And, and, and not just that, but, I mean, the feedback that I get between my bassist and I and then the rest of the guys we're all just feeding off one another and just like pushing each other. Hey man, don't forget this. We got to do this. We got to do that. And it pushes everyone to follow suit and, and kind of build that, you know? Um, and suddenly you start to build this trust because I mean, I I didn't know these guys, uh, but 10 years ago, you know, and I'm, I'm blessed to have them in my life. Um, it's just we keep each other accountable. Uh we keep each other moving forward in every aspect of our life and we check up on one another. You know, I think that's what real friendship is about. And um and they do the same for me that I do for them. So um and, and sometimes, you know, we fall short on that and that's where that checking in happens, you know, and that's where, where you start to get that uh that feedback like, Hey man, you've been fucking around. <laughs> we we need you to step up your game man you know so you know when you have when you have those meetings and you have that re- mutual respect uh it builds i think it's a it's more of a culture that that gets cemented you know so that that's uh that's definitely one of the coolest things uh about being in this band
0: and to any uh solo creators out there and bands also listen up get you that guy that'll tell you hey you've been fucking around that's well, right you got to have that guy even as you know like i said earlier i do this by myself i got that guy that'll call me and he'll be like hey man what the fuck did you release last monday <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh
1: man it's so true
0: you gotta have that. You gotta have that support. You gotta have that support group. And uh dude, I'm glad to see yo, know, you've got it all worked out, man. You know what you're doing. It's uh, a lot of people I, have I don't it have worked it worked
1: out, out man. I, I I won't I won't paint a pretty picture, but uh
0: you I don't it have it here. all
1: worked out, but definitely I know I know what I want to work it out. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think knowing the tools at your disposal is probably the more valuable thing right it's what you do with them really at the end of the day
0: absolutely and we are nearing the end of our time here so to any of the fans any band members do you have any last words thank you fuck you anything like that
1: I want to thank everybody that has already listened to Faith and Flames. Have been there supporting us from the beginning. Uh, all of our fans out there, if you haven't heard of us, please follow us on social media. It's at Avat Music. That's A V A T Music. Uh, and check out our singles. If you want to support us in any way, make sure that you guys are buying the single. Uh, that goes a long way to making sure that we can, you know, start uh, financing tours and whatnot. And we're working on merch and all that kind of wonderful stuff. Uh, we're working with our team closely to develop everything, and that's all coming soon. So uh, stick stick around for that. It's going to be amazing. We have some great artists that we want to focus and, and, and put forth. Uh, so just to have some great and cool swag, right?
0: All right. Thank you, man, and uh, stick around for second everybody listening because uh we're gonna play a clip from faith in flames and you're gonna get that stuck in your head you're gonna go to their channel you're gonna listen to the whole damn thing and you're gonna put that on repeat got it and this Thank has you. been the confound millennial starring steven Sturvin michaels and featuring roly vilequez Oh, uh, i fucked that up <laughs> <laughs> Rolly of a the I know not to play with She thinks this is oh.